Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, and I'm here every week breaking down all the things happening in pop culture. And today, I'm so excited. We have such a special guest joining the conversation. He's a real expert on all things Real Housewives, sharing his hilarious recaps on all of our favorite Bravo shows on Vulture, not to mention he's a New York Times bestselling author. His book, the Housewives, the real story behind The Real Housewives, is available now. Please welcome to The Gist, Brian Moylan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. This is such an honor because, like I said, you truly are the expert. And, you know, we are very entertained by our Bravo shows and our Housewives. They give us so much life. But then you keep the entertainment going with these recaps. But for the listeners, tell us a little bit about how you started your journey with Bravo and the real, and how you came to the Real Housewives. Uh, so I started writing about television like fairly early in my career when I graduated from college. Um, I uh, there was a, I was going to grad school for creative writing, and there was a summer where I needed a job, and so I took. This is how long it was the year two the year two thousand, and um and uh, it was so long ago. I took like the I went to school in Washington D.C. and I took the Washington City paper and I just applied for like every job in the back of the Washington City paper. And the only places I heard back from were the Washington Blade, which was the gay newspaper in dc it's still there the world's longest continuously running gay newspaper and um so it was them and the crew club which is like the local bathhouse and so those are like my two uh job interviews and so i went and interviewed at the blade and i was getting ready for my interview to go interview at the crew club and the blade called and we're like oh you got the job and so i never went to my bathhouse um interview but i mean that's really my sliding doors moment if we're being honest like <laughs> it could have gone one way or the other seriously and um so back then there weren't a lot of gay people on television still you know it was kind of like will and grace queerest folk kind of era but like not like today where there's like gay people all over the place and so i started a column in our newspaper about like gay stuff on television and uh, at the time, there were a lot of local gay publications, so we started syndicating that, and it, it. So I got better interviews and like more access and stuff like that. So that's how I kind of started writing about television, and then um, I moved to New York eventually, and um, started working at Gawker RAP, and I was recapping like smart people shows, like Mad Men, and uh, some other things. Uh, I did Project Runway and like Top Chef and things like that. And my colleague Richard Lawson was doing The Housewives, and then he left, and I kind of started doing The Housewives there. Um, And I was always a fan, and then it just became like kind of professional. And so I had like a few jobs after that, and um, eventually moved. I did recaps on my own for a while like on medium and then vulture lost their recapper so i started there um and it will be 10 years in january since i started recapping at vulture so um yeah and so for a while i was like doing a lot of other writing more like general tv writing i was writing a lot about like sex stuff and gay stuff and all sorts of things and i was like oh i don't want to be the housewives guy i don't want to be the housewives guy but then eventually i was just like fuck it i'm the housewives guy so um yeah here we are so yeah now that's like 
almost all of what I write about. So uh, thanks, question mark, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So no, thank thank you. Thank you for doing it. You're welcome. Like I said, it's so entertaining. And so I know you mentioned it in your book, um, but you started like from the very beginning. You yeah. saw uh, these women of the OC and actually it was Shane Kehoe um, who Shane Kehoe. gave you this life and you were like, okay, I've got to, I've got to tune in. Is that is that sort of the beginning for you? Absolutely, because um, so I was living in D.C. and I, I lived in this apartment. It was like a basement of a townhouse. My friends all called it the dungeon. It was like the worst apartment ever, but it was three hundred and fifty dollars a month if you could believe such a thing. And um, so I was living there, and we had free cable, and by free I mean pirated, and it had Bravo, and so like that was when it was like linear television was your only option, and so Bravo would just be on as I'd be you know, doing shit around the apartment, whatever. And that, that was more like project runway, top chef, uh, flipping out era Bravo Mm -hmm. where, when it was like slightly more highbrow and yeah. And so I just (laughs) like was, it was on one day and there was Shane Keogh and his like swim trunks, like in a floaty in the pool. And I was like, what the fuck is this show? (laughs) And, um, yeah, so I came for the Shane Keogh and I stayed for the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so weird that like, I've been writing about the house life so long that, having a period in my life where it was not a professional obligation is is hard to remember if that makes sense yeah yeah like back when you actually enjoyed just watching it without having to think about like taking notes about it yeah and i still really enjoy the shows i don't write about uh like atlanta i don't write about potomac i don't write about uh below decks i don't write about things like that where i just get to watch like a fan Mm -hmm. and just enjoy myself and yeah rather than paying attention and this season of vanderpump rules was so incredible and insane that i was like, oh, I have to watch it twice anyway, <laughs> like, because there's so much to get. And so I started watching it, like, with my husband at night, like, with everybody, maybe a little stoned. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way Bravo is meant to be appreciated. And then the next morning, I would go and watch, like, a recapper and, like, take notes and stuff. And so it was so fun to get, because it was such a good season, to be able to enjoy oh. it, like, the way it's meant to be enjoyed, as well as it being a part of the workday. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess we'll get right into that because I, I have more that I want to cover on your book and and of course the housewives. But since you brought up Scandaval, I just I mean, I think one, the first thing is I'm guessing when you watched it back, you watched the supersized peacock versions un uncensored. No, because um so only for the last one I did because I have to write the recaps and and so I need to have watched right. it and written it by the time everybody else has watched it and the Peacock one Got didn't it. come out till the day after. But my husband was gone for the third part of the reunion and so we watched it a few days later and um, – we have a sub- I live in the UK. I live in London and mm-hmm. we have a subscription service here called HeyU, H A Y U.com. And it's like all trashy American reality shows. So it's like all the housewives, <laughs> Kardashians, Dr. Pimple Popper, botched, <laughs> like everything you can imagine. It's I joke that when I die, I want my consciousness to be uploaded to HeyU. Like that's like where I just want to live forever. And um, yeah. so we watched on HeyU and they, so it comes on the day after there. And so they just 
showed the Peacock extended ones. And so we watched it after I had recapped the regular Bravo one. And I was shocked at how much better it was. And I was like, damn, I wish I was watching these all along. Like there was so much more. There was so much more context. Hearing people say the F words and the C words Mm -hmm. and whatever else has such a deeper impact than you think it does. Cause you hear it bleeped and you're like, Oh, I know what you're saying, but to actually hear them say it is like crazy. Yeah. I, I mentioned it on uh, this podcast too. Like it was, I I feel like now there's no other way. And I know they just announced they're going to do the part three Jersey reunion uncensored on Peacock and do the same thing. But it's like, this is just where Peacock needs to go. Is like, it, we need it uncensored. And I remember uh, having that same sort of feeling um, when I watched Drag Race for the first time on like Paramount yeah. Plus or something. And when Rue says like, don't fuck it up. And I remember feeling like, whoa, that has a different impact without the bleep. And it's like a completely different experience. I know it's so weird that it's like that. But yeah, and I have heard, uh, you know, kind of off the record from people at Peacock that like the Housewives fandom is a really big part of their subscriber base. And that's why I think they're really trying to super serve us. And I know that there was an email that went out like around the time of BravoCon last year to all of NBC Universal saying like, BravoCon is such a great idea. This is the future of our business. This is where we're going to make money. You all people need to be doing it more like Bravo. And so I'm glad that we're finally being appreciated for the Mm -hmm. force, both creatively, economically, you know, whatever else uh, to these corporations. So thanks, guys, for finally listening. (laughs) Yeah giving us what we want i mean it's the i mean it's probably my most watched like platform that i have because of the content that it gives it's like so focused on our bravo shows and so i i spend most of my time on peacock i mean i haven't watched anything bad on peacock like saved by the bell reboot was fantastic poker face Mm -hmm. fantastic that mrs davis show is fucking weird as shit but i enjoy it like Peacock is where it's at, y'all. I'm, I, I I don't need to tell Bravo fans. So <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm jealous though that you have Hey You because I and I'm waiting. I'm like, why isn't Peacock giving us this? Is I need Real Housewives of Melbourne. That's like we got it on Bravo for a few years, and then it's like I can't get to these late seasons. And oh, I loved that city. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. It was so good, and I hear. The reboot, I didn't love. There was no Gina, which, you know, mm-hmm. um, Gamble was on it. So I en- I enjoyed that. But I didn't really finish it because it was a little so-so. Supposedly, they're trying to reboot Sydney. Mm-hmm. Question mark. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, the... Um... I may have, or I, I may have, I am blocked by Gina on Twitter. Um, we got into a bit of a, a Twitter feud back in the day. And, but now I like wish I had access because I'd be like, how can you like pirate me these episodes? I need them in my life. Like that was such a good city. And so I'm hoping that like someday Peacock realizes it and they load us up with Melbourne. Cause I would love that. Yeah, they should. I, I mean, I don't know why they don't put every Real Housewives on there ever. I joke that they there should be a Real Housewives Christmas movie, but all the parts are played by Real Housewives who have aspirations to be actresses. Like, love it, girl. We would we would watch the shit out of that. I mean, 
we're such suckers. We'll watch anything you put in front of us. I tell you. Oh, so I got the first three episodes of the Sonia and Luann show, the Welcome to Crappy Lake show. Yes. Yes. It is so good. And it is so funny. Like I, the bar was very low. And so granted it cleared my low expectations, but it was my husband and I both watched it and we were both like, this is so good and like funny. And there's like fart jokes and like Sonia fucks some random redneck that they meet at a bar. Like, and then they take the mud in the next day. It's just like nuts. Yes, this is what I wanted. Yeah, I it looked the trailer looked amazing and I was had low expectations and then I was like, oh, that is gonna be amazing. And uh after watching the premiere of OC last week, um I said on this podcast, I was like, Shannon Bedore gives such like good camera work and she like gives us such like comedy that I was like, I feel like she needs to be thrown on this like crappy lake. Uh, series with a Sonia, like a Sonia and a Shannon, I feel like could be pure comedy. So I I can't wait for it. I I love that you saw the first three and that's your reaction because I have a feeling it's going to be something we're going to all feast our eyes on. And they're 30 minutes each, which is like, it's like just enough. It's like the stupid, wonderful summer show that you want. So I'm very excited for all of you to see it with me. Yes. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of uh, the OC, what um, what are your thoughts about this new season as we're kind of starting to get into it? The return of Tamara, the new Jennifer housewife. Like, what are your thoughts? I don't think they have anything <laughs> based on. I mean, like me more. the trailer is supposed to be the best parts of the season. Right. And it's like even the worst seasons you watch the trailer and you're like, OK, OK, it's going to be a good season. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, they got nothing. And I and based on watching the first episode, I don't think they have nothing either. And so I am ideologically opposed to bring backs. Mm. Um, I mean, there are a few people I will make exceptions for, and they're usually the people who should have been fired in the first place. Namely, Sherry Whitfield is always welcome on any Real Housewives of Atlanta I'm watching. <laughs> um, and Tamara, I don't think they probably should have gotten rid of Tamara. But yeah, I don't think that the future of Housewives is in the past because, you know, we never... Like, we didn't know we needed a Dorinda Medley until we had her. You know, we didn't even know a Shannon Bedore existed until they found her and brought it to us. And so I don't know what is going on with Real Houses of Orange County, but because they've had some great all-time housewives, Shannon Bedore, Kelly Dodd, Mm -hmm. all-time great, Tamara, Vicky, all these people, and they're all on the same show, but they can't make a good show together. And I don't know... If it's their fault, if it's the producer's fault, if they just need to like scrap Orange County altogether, if they just need to fire all them and like rehire people, I don't know what the deal is. But yeah, I mean, if I weren't getting paid to watch it, I would have given up on it years ago. Sorry, Orange County. Yeah, but I'm wondering if this like New York you know, hard reboot of New York is a kind of test balloon because we're starting to see OC, Atlanta, um, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. like really flagging a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm curious, uh, you know, how that's gonna rectify itself. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. I, I think that like, 
you know, Tamara, I agree. Like I, at first I was like, I feel I Dorinda is I think the perfect example where it's like, you need a Dorinda, but then you also like, if there's a reason that we got rid of Dorinda, then there's probably a reason why she's run her course and maybe yes. we don't need to like reboot her and maybe we don't need to bring her back when everything else is feeling stale. And I think with OC, the thing that I like so far, Tamara has been okay. I feel like maybe I keep hoping that like Bravo has learned their lesson is that in the past, sometimes on these really boring seasons, they pack the trailer full of all the most explosive moments and then there's nothing else. And so I'm hoping that maybe there's stuff that is coming that we're going to get like the mid season trailer. We're going to be like chomping at the bit for the rest of the season. But I, I think that's a false hope. <laughs> I, I mean, because like, if there's a great moment, like, why would they save it? And that doesn't yeah. like yeah. quite. Yeah, it's, I, I was hoping that wouldn't be the case, but I also, I mean, my personal opinion is, I don't understand. We're like rotating through Housewives on some of these other franchises, like it's Survivor. And somehow Gina and Emily yeah. are still full-time cast members on OC. I like Gina and Emily. I'm sorry. I do. I do. I love Emily. Her politics are supposedly uh, QAnon adjacent, which I don't love and I don't really want to hear about. But I think Emily's a great housewife. It's like, she's funny. She doesn't give a shit. She looks good. She, you know, um, she'll throw down when she needs to. Like, I'm into Emily. Gina is a bit of a mess. She's not as aspirational, but I, I like that you could run into Gina at TJ Maxx <laughs> and she, she's definitely a fellow Maxinista, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And yeah. And so I, I think it's a, it's a different feel. And I like a duo. Like mm-hmm. I love a Giselle and Robin or a Sonia and Ramona yeah. or, you know, Sonia and Lou on their, sh- yeah. excuse me, on their show. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like Gina and Emily. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I get well, it. I don't know why we didn't get more of that Nicole. Remember Nicole from last season who was supposed to be like full. Excuse oh. me. The rumor was that she was supposed to be, she was going to be like a full-time housewife. And then whatever happened with Heather Dubrow in the lawsuit and Heather Dubrow, like put the kibosh on it yeah. and she kind of left the show. But I think Nicole would have been a great addition. She's clearly a crazy person. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, bring it. I think Heather needs to probably, she's probably another one that we didn't need to reboot and bring back because I think no. that like she's got her claws in Bravo in a way that we don't need in a housewife because, you know, th- to the Nicole uh, point that you just made. And then also, um, as we were hearing, like the filming and production was happening on OC, there was supposedly some explosive cheating rumors about Heather and Terry. And none of that is in the preview. And I'm like, something tells me that Heather and Terry, like, you know, put the the end to that storyline. And we're like, that's, we're not, that's not going to fly. And now I'm like, well, maybe that's why we don't have a season because that's the story that we actually like could have sunk our teeth into. Right. What everybody was talking about. Yeah. Well, I also, I mean, if the story is good enough, there's nothing that Heather or Terry could really do to keep them from doing it. And I think that we've seen that over and over again, that, you know, with Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo, that Mm -hmm. they're, you know, willing to go that far. And I mean, 
at the end of the day, I think Heather and Terry really want to be on television a lot. Yeah. And so they'll be pissed off, but they're not really going to go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, their amount of wealth and the way that they make money, I am so boggled by because obviously like Terry has like a very successful business. They've been on TV shows. Heather's got, you know, her various things that she does. But they spend money so much that I con- I feel like I'm constantly thinking about their children and being like, are is there going to be nothing left for these kids someday? Like I don't, I <laughs> right. feel like there's is there retirement savings anywhere? Yeah, I feel like they're just spending everything they make, and it's I don't know. Their whole thing is very wild to me. The internet says that Terry's family has money. Mm, okay. That I have not. I don't know whether or not I believe that because you know you've never read anything that's a lie on the internet. <laughs> but um, you know, oh, we'll see. But but yeah, I'm with you. And well, and then they were on. They were on, but they just bought a house from one of the brokers on Selling Sunset. So right. you know, so they bought like a giant. Beverly Hills, quote unquote, Beverly Hills, but it's really Century City apartment. And the rumor was that she's been trying to get on Beverly Hills. And she was initially introduced to the producers by Lisa Vanderpump, who's trying to get her on Beverly Hills. And then instead, they ended up putting her on Orange County because the same production company makes Beverly Hills yeah. and Orange County. So Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I need her on Beverly Hills. I don't know if I need her at all, to be honest. No, I don't need her anywhere, no. really. I mean... She she gave us some good years. She's good enough, but, like, uh, that's the thing now, is, like, we have Ultimate Girls Trip. Like, if we want to see Heather, like, f- fly Heather to Thailand for a week with a bunch of other people, and, like, let's see her. Like, we don't need to bring her back. Like, I don't think she's bringing anything, like, new or different or better to the show than what we were already getting yeah but yeah also like shannon's boyfriend waited till right after cameras finished filming to dump her like so you know we're not even gonna get that like john come on at least dump her at the beginning of the season give us something (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah speaking of ultimate girls trip um the ladies we now have seen ramona and sonia and dorinda we've seen kelly and Kristen. we see them making their trek to saint bart's um what are your thoughts about this legacy ultimate girls trip that we're getting and thoughts on the rumors that are circulating online that maybe jill and bethany are gonna be like surprise visits on the series I don't think Bethany is going to come back because I don't think they want to cut a Bethany size check to get her back. Um, And I know, and and I do believe part of like firing Tamara and bringing her back and same with Vicky is they've been trying to get the salaries down. And so it's like, you know, if you rehire Tamara, she's not going to take a giant pay cut. So you had to like fire her and then you rehire her and you're like, Oh, we're going to give you half as much. And, um, and yeah. So I don't think Bethany's coming back. Jill, I think would be genius. So, but also she's supposedly the reason why we didn't get legacy. We're just getting this trip. So maybe she's not either. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily need them. I mean, this is a great cast. Um, I would have loved if they could have gotten everyone ever on New York, Mm -hmm. you know, to go on a trip together. I mean, there's only like 15 of them, which is a lot of people, but it's not too much, but um, I think it's going to be great. I'm a little sad we're not getting like a full 
season of Legacy. Like I wanted another season of Real Housewives of New York. We're essentially getting a Ultimate Girls Trip Real Housewives of New York, yeah. which is fine, but that's not what I want. Right. Like these women gave us. 12 years of the best reality television that the world has ever seen. And to now just kind of put them in the dustbin, as the English would say, um, seems a little foolhardy. Like I I'm all for recasting and making it more diverse and making it cooler and more Brooklyn-y and whatever. I'm really excited about the reboot, but that doesn't mean we need to get rid of this, especially when that's what we were promised. Yeah. And so bravo. Yeah. You need to live up to your promises. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that like they say Jill killed that with the uh, negotiations and stuff, but I, I also wonder if this is like, as you mentioned, like the gateway, if they're going to do this as a special, see what the appetite is, and then maybe it leads to a more full-time kind of legacy show. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do. I, I feel like there is some missing characters. Like, I don't know where Kristen really fits in. She wasn't like a staple to me for New York. And yeah, I would love to have seen like a Carol or something back, somebody that just had a little bit more meat in the series, a Heather, you know, somebody that could really come and stir stuff up. I feel like, you know, Kristen was always kind of just like, she went where the wind did. She didn't bring like a ton. And I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. I also, I think like Alex being back in the fold with them, but I feel like they didn't go with Alex because she had just filmed for ultimate girl strip four. And so, yeah, it's like, it does feel a little, like there's some missing if you're going to do legacy and you're and it doesn't have to be in New York like it seems like you should have invested in really bringing back some of the like true staples that like led that series to where it like is or where it was today yeah or i would have loved there was a rumor that it was just going to be the original cast so yeah. uh, alex ramona luann uh bethany jill that also would have been a great kind of thing did you watch any of the real world reunions um like the new ones on paramount yes or like the reboots yes i watched um i just watched new orleans because i loved real world new orleans that was one of the best reality shows i've ever seen in my life because it was really like a reality show about middle age and like revisiting your youth. And, and in this, it's like lit- like rewatching it with the people you were there with and like it, talking about what had happened in the intervening years and how fame affected all these people and how they come out the other end of it. And I mean, it was like the big chill, the reality show and I was obsessed yeah. with it. And so I think that we would have gotten some really good stuff from bringing all those women back together again, especially because they're not nearly as conflict averse as some of the people on uh real world homecoming colon new Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and on that, I love too when they did like the flashbacks of like who said this thing in their confessional and then like they all had to kind of talk about it. I feel like yeah. that could have been, that would be great for like a, a housewife kind of cast of like, remember when you said this thing about that person and then it just like lights the fire for right before dinner. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's revisit when Bethany called Luanna Snake at a, a <laughs> fashion show in season three and... Yes. Yeah, let's go from there and, and see how everybody feels. Let's make 
Ramona and Bethany watch their trip across the Brooklyn Bridge. Yes. And yeah, that, so you know, 10 years that. later and talk about it. That's what I want. Yes. That would be epic. I mean, Ramona would have no clue that that scene ever was shot. She would have like not <laughs> no. remember any of it. <laughs> She'd be like, no, oh that wasn't God. me. That wasn't me. I am obsessed with like the idea of what happens to the women, like, or anybody really, like, once the fame goes away. And I had dinner with a friend of ours. Uh, she's a television writer. And she writes, like, very serious shows. And mm-hmm. I was like, you sh-, And her daughter is a huge Vanderpump fan. So we were talking about Vanderpump. And I was like, you should write a series where Raquel has to quit the show for her mental health and, like, moves back to Tucson and works in a bank and is like getting over her fame addiction. And she was like, that's a brilliant idea. And I was like, yes, I want to watch that show. And I want to watch that reality show. Like, I want to see what that's like, how, I mean, fame is such a specific drug and it fucks up all their heads. And I, so I just want to see like how they all deal with it when the cameras go away. Like, can we get a little Lisa Rinna, you know, web series about Lisa Rinna watching this season and trying to deal with not being on it. Like fascinating. Yeah. Although I don't know that she would ever admit that she like, she would, that would be so inauthentic for her because she would play it off as like, Oh, I'm so glad. She would never be like, I hate it. I miss the attention. I miss the fame. Uh, Now I'm just going to fashion shows and weird outfits because I'm not on a reality show anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Who would be, speaking of all these, like, you're, we're talking about, like, so many epic people. Who's kind of your dream ultimate girls trip? Have you thought about, like, who you who you would put together in a room? Ooh, that's a good question. I um, like the idea of, like, a dynamic duos trip. Like, I, like, yeah. a, like mm-hmm. Robin and Giselle, uh, Brandy and Stephanie from Dallas. Uh, mm you know, like people like that who are, uh, yeah, like twosomes, gruesome twosomes, as it were. Um, I yeah. also like the idea of an ultimate girls trip, but it's non housewives. So like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple of the summer house girls, a couple of the summer Southern charm girls, you know, like a little something like that, I think would be really cool. Who would be my ultimate? I mean, really my ultimate girls trip would just be like the original cast of New York. <laughs> just, yes, yeah. You know? know, Um, but I really didn't like the last girls trip because it was too close to filming and they were rehashing yeah these things from the series and that's not what I want. I want a kind of different experience from an ultimate girls trip. I really like when they talk about being housewives and how that affected them and that they let them break the fourth wall a bit more. So I would be really interested in that. Oh, or what about like a friends of ultimate girls trip friends of, Oh, or what Mm. about an ultimate girls trip, the gays. And it's like Dwight (laughs) and Miss J and Greg Bennett from Rousey's of New Jersey. And just like, everybody's gays get to go Mikey Minden from Erica Jane's gay. Like, yeah, that'd be a great show. I'd watch the hell out of that. I'd also love a ultimate girls trip survivor where they have to vote somebody out each. (laughs) See who's standing at the end. Yeah. Like a traders, but 
all housewives. Oh, or I'm, all, I guess that is traitors. I cannot wait. Like now the trailers traders is going to be all reality stars. There are a bunch of people I really want on it. Number one is Lala Kent who fucking figured that scandal all shit out from the beginning. I mean, I don't love her, but she'd be great on traders. Also great on traders. Yes. And, but now one of my favorite housewives, Candace Dillard, excellent on traders, yep. sign her up. Um, yeah. I was yeah. just going to say Candace, I think would be like so good on that show. Lindsay Hubbard. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I want Kate Chastain back. <laughs> yeah. Even though she hated it last need, time. Yeah. I need Kate Chastain back in some like fashion. I had heard that she and Brandy were potentially going to do some like duo show. And maybe it was like even this like crappy, like kind of ser- style series. And then she got pregnant and then Brandy had all the drama um, at Ultimate yeah. Girls Trip. And so like that kind of put the end to that. But Kate Chastain is one it's like bravo royalty like i don't know why she's not just constantly on tv oh my god she's amazing and i love her and i hope that we can somehow do justice by her yeah for well and that's what's so weird is i feel like once we derail these people's lives with a reality television career like we we need to support them forever like they're on the bravo doll for the rest of their lives because like it's one thing for okay if Ramona gets kicked off the show or the show gets canceled, she's approaching 70. She's going to be fine. Yeah. What is Katie Maloney yeah. Schwartz Maloney going to do? Like she has not had a job since she worked at Sir. Yeah. Like, and she has, I, I'm sure none of those kids have managed their money responsibly. So like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel a little about like uh, Carl and, Lindsay, they were talking about like how much they're paying for their apartment on this season of Summer House. And it was like, neither one. And then, you know, Paige calls them out at the reunion. Like they, neither one of them have jobs. So how are they making money? And like the last I've heard, I haven't heard anything about production for the new season. Um, I had Sam Fair on the podcast and she kind of hinted that like cameras were going to be picked back up. And so I assume that they will now that we're in the summer, but I, it wasn't announced yeah. in part of like Bravo's upfronts for the 2023-24 season. So I don't I don't know what's happening with Summer House. I mean, I, I believe that there re I believe that there's another season, but um the yeah, I don't like the new schedule with Winter House because we have to wait so long yeah. to get both of them that it doesn't feel like vital anymore, especially because if there's major things happening, we've already seen it play out on social media and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but usually they start filming the week before July 4th. So we have like a few more weeks. Oh my God, they can't get rid of Summer House. Last season was lousy, but I mean... I love it too much. Um, I was on Mandy Slutsker's podcast. She's Mm -hmm. fantastic. And she has a theory that Summer House and Vanderpump Rules can't be good at the same time. Like that they're like two sides of a coin. And because we have had a killer season of Vanderpump, we had to have a shitty season of Summer House. And so, you know, yeah, we'll see what the cards hold for next season. I feel like it might be another good Vanderpump shitty Summer House season, but I'm hoping for the opposite because I love Summer House. Yeah, I don't know where they go with with Vanderpump, too. I feel like some of these, I mean, it seems as though maybe Lindsay and Danielle are on a path forward. So I think that we're figuring that out. But it's like when you start having the cast that like refuse to film with each other, it really, yes. I think, puts it in a weird, a weird place. I mean, you know, I think that's why New Jersey's 
kind of at a halt right now. They're trying to figure out Melissa or Teresa or both or both gone. They yeah. like really don't know which way to go because you can't have a, a cast that refuses to be in the same room. Yeah. And it was already weird enough on Vanderpump where uh, you have Tom and Katie like hanging out in Mexico. Like once you divorce this person, you never want to see them again. That's kind of the point. And yeah. And yeah. so, and that's the thing is we all acknowledge that these things are produced, that there is a certain amount of structuring that happens behind the scenes. I think less so on Bravo shows than a lot of other shows, but still it happens. But yeah, if, if, you know, Tom and Ariana have to be at the same party. Like that's just, no one's going to believe that. And it's going to be dumb. So, but you also can't have everybody like just filming with their sides and only filming with people they get along with. That's also dumb and not cool. So yeah, Yeah. I think it's going to be hard, particularly for both of those shows going forward. And uh, I'm glad I don't have to fix whatever that, problem is but i will say as far as summer house goes i think that whenever these shows about young people like we saw on vanderpump where they all you know nominally worked at sir and then on summer house they all like had jobs once all their jobs become being professional reality stars it's not as interesting to me anymore like and, and i think that yeah like Paige says oh you don't have jobs yeah their job is being on the show Paige, just like yours like you wouldn't be selling shit on amazon if you didn't have this huge platform thanks to the show so yeah you have a job but your job is really to be on the show so but i also find that boring like even if kai you think of kyle's lover boy as kind of like a vanity business like he is working he is doing things and yeah i just think that that is much more interesting and cool yeah i think um and you were talking about the sort of schedules of the winter house and we also kind of mentioned the last uh, season of real housewives ultimate girls trip about so close to the filming and i think bravo in general needs to really think about how are we setting up these shows for success because one of the things i hated about the summer house uh at least the first episode of the reunion i felt like everything covered was about like what news stories came out and who gave like Dumois a tip a blind item about Kyle cheating and it was all stuff that didn't happen on the show and it's like well that's because that's all that they can talk about and then meanwhile they've already filmed Winter House as they're filming this uh, this reunion which some of them are there for and it's like the dynamics are just like not making sense and I and that was um I had uh, Gibson Johns on and we talked about Ultimate Girls Trip yeah. when it first aired. And we were talking about that same thing that all these women had just come from their seasons. And then they like came yeah. with like ongoing drama. So you got the bad weather drama and you got, you know, stuff going yeah. on with Potomac. And then the problem is like now as Ultimate Girls Trip was filming, they were filming or or as it was airing rather they were filming their new season of Salt Lake City and it's like so now Heather and Whitney are seeing like what's playing out on the show and now is that going to go into this next season of Salt Lake and then it's like at some point we have to like you know uh, what's what's the Sutton thing let the mouse go like we need to be able to like put an end to that storyline yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's what was weird about this Ultimate Girls Trip is that, you know, we had they had filmed it before the reunion, but we saw the reunion before we saw Ultimate Girls Trip. And so it's like, 
Heather and Whitney are making up at the end of Ultimate Girls Trip, but then we already know that they're falling out at the reunion. And yeah. so, yeah, it's all like weird. And with the Housewives uh, and Ultimate Girls Trip, I don't mind it as much as like the Summer House, Winter House stuff. But yeah, yeah it's been really interesting to me how you know, social media and things playing out on Instagram and Twitter and in the press and whatever has affected everything. And I mean, thank God that Scandaval broke, you know, relatively early in the season, you know, because I, because I feel like the timing of it could have fucked everything up a lot. And I think it, it's like the story came out, they got the cameras back up, they filmed the reunion, like everything. It was in this like beautiful, perfect little window. And I don't yep. know that that's ever going to happen again. We're never going to have another Scandal. It's never going to be that good. <laughs> I, I, I hate to tell you all, but <laughs> yeah, no. And well, I think and they, we've reached the peak. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And my fear is that like now, like these Southern charms and the summer houses and stuff are, as you talked about, like fame is addictive. And I like, I hope yeah. that we're not getting into some like artificial, like we've got to create storylines and we've got to like, create some kind of scandal that's going to happen so that we can be the, as big as, you know, Scandaval was. And that's my fear about that is because like you said, there, it was so authentic. It was so real. And that's why it was so good. And there will never be that moment again on Bravo. No. And I feel like everything, I mean, people say that, movies are a director's medium and television is a writer's medium. And I say that reality shows are a casting director's medium. Like it's all Mm -hmm. in the casting. Like it, and I think that that is what was so good about Vanderpump rules is that they cast a group of actual friends. And these are people who, as we saw, hang out when cameras aren't rolling. They are actually in each other's lives. They are friends. And it was like 10 years of that group dynamic that made Scandaval so shocking and crazy. And no one else can, can come even close to that, you know, like, yeah, Craig and Shep have known each other for 10 years, but like what new bimbo is on this season who nobody knows, like that's not going to ignite a Scandaval level event. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. It'll be interesting to kind of see where we go from here. Are there other, um, or actually I know where I want your thoughts is this new New York, um, era that we're about to usher in in a couple of weeks uh what are your thoughts on the new roni uh i haven't seen anything yet i mean i know of jenna lyons i've met her at a few parties she's as frosty as as they come so um (laughs) that seems good uh yeah and i i i am hopeful you know, uh, Sarah Galley, who has a podcast called Andy's Girls, has a quote in my book that says, I don't believe in God, but I have faith in the Real Housewives. And I agree with her entirely that they've given us so much good stuff that I, I anticipate them doing it again. But remember, everybody, like, I know we're going to watch the first episode and be like, this is garbage. Where's Sonia? Like, yeah the best franchises take a year or two, you know, they're not all hits right out of the gate, you know? So let's give them some time to gel, get everything right, see how it's feeling. And yeah, but I'm, I'm on board for the ride and I'm really interested to see it. Cause I think it's weird that 
we have so many movies and TV shows set in New York, but so few reality shows. Like, so, like reality is way more of an LA-based medium. So I'm really excited to see the idea of New York through a different set of eyes and a different set of women and some queer women, some women of color, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, yeah. I'm excited, but, you know, obviously I'm cautiously optimistic, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, it's true. We all have to give it a moment. And I feel that way a little bit about Dubai. I feel like, you know, it was like, we we hyped it. It wasn't, it wasn't this like blockbuster season, but like, who knows what season two has in store, hopefully something better. But I am, something that I feel like is missing is, you know, on new, on Roni, the original, we had people that were a little later in life and they had a little yeah. bit more success and they were, you know, they're not influencers or they're not, you know, I think like a Jenna Lyons is like great example of like being yes. part of that group. But I am a little nervous about how young some of this cast is and, you know, is it going to give us that kind of old New York feel? Cause that was something that I loved about Roni is that it felt like old New York. Well, and I like that it was. So, how old's the cast? Like thirty five ish. I, I mean, I think some of them are even younger than that. Interesting. Um, I haven't looked. Well, because that makes. I mean, because that makes them Lindsay Hubbard age. So then why is Lindsay Hubbard yeah, on this? That's what people are saying online. Is Lindsay's older than some of the cast of the new Roni? And so why isn't she just? If she's not getting along with anyone in the house, like why aren't they just moving her over to Roni? Right. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. And I know when I was doing research on the book, uh, I talked to several casting directors and they were like, yeah, Bravo's trying to get the age of the women down because they think that younger people will watch. But I don't think it matters. And I'm with you. Like, I've always said about Housewives that one of the great things about it, for better or for worse, is that there's nowhere else on television to see groups of women over 40 interacting with each other. And so I wish that they right. would have stuck to them being a little bit closer to middle age. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I, the other thing, that fame thing kind of scares me. I don't know if you watch Love Island, but I'm a big Love Island fan. And now everybody's coming on trying to get, you know, the Instagram followers or like the Bachelorette, any of those shows. And then it's like lame. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we don't get too much of that yeah. in New York. But I mean, it's got to be inevitable. Like, or why else would these women do it? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, you mentioned Love Island. What are some of your other like outside of the Bravo sphere, like trash television or where, where do you spend your time when not in the Bravo universe? <laughs> um, it's funny. My husband works in scripted television. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when he comes home from work, he wants to watch reality shows because he doesn't have to think about work. And yeah. then I don't want to watch reality shows because I don't want to think about work. Yeah. Um, but I still watch a shit ton of reality shows. Uh, there's just one here. Uh, there was just one on here in the UK called I Kissed a Boy. And it's Love Island, but with gays. Oh. And it's like amazing it's only eight episodes it's hosted by danny minogue who's like the solange of the minogue family <laughs> uh for those who don't know yeah. and uh yeah it's it's really really good so i watched that i watched selling sunset 
Um, I watch Love Island, which I mean is on literally every day for two months. So that's like a huge time commitment. And that's the thing about here in the UK is like even traders, you know, there was 12 episodes, but it was three days a week for four weeks, you know? So it's like anything is, is a, a big time commitment. Um, but I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I watch a lot of like sci-fi, like fantasy, comic booky shit like that. Like I love all of those things. I've been watching Silo on Apple recently, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, but I love Survivor. I'm a huge Survivor fan. Um, if you like Survivor, I highly recommend Australian Survivor because the boys are bigger and the swimsuits are smaller. Uh, so that always makes for good viewing. Um, I'm a big Big Brother fan. They're bringing both Survivor and Big Brother back in the UK. So I'm excited for that. So yeah, I mean, oh my God, I watch so much television. (laughs) And I mean, and there's so much Bravo to watch. Like, you know, every time I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch another one. And then I watch a couple episodes of Summer House Martha's Vineyard and I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. OK, fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I find that I don't really have time for anything other than Bravo um, because there is so much content to absorb. But I try to like dip in. Somebody was like, I can't believe you're not watching Selling Sunset if you love Housewives so much. So I, I started Selling Sunset like a couple of weeks ago and I'd like have binged. I about to start the sixth season. Um, you know, to me, it's not nothing like Housewives because it's so overproduced and no. so like scripted and it, you know, has that Hills vibe. But, um, yeah. but I am entertained by it. That's why I watch it because I can't figure out how it's made and I can't figure out what's real and what's not. Yeah. It's like they clearly hate Christine. Yeah. Um, but, and Christine did some fucked up things, but did Christine do those things on the show? Like for the show? Did she do them because someone told them to? Did she do them because she's crazy? Right. Like I can't figure it out. And But my other problem with Selling Sunset is none of the things they're fighting about ever happen on camera. And so like in the sixth season, they're like, oh, we were hanging out. And then afterwards, Brie and I went and she did X, Y, Z. It's like, if I can't see it, yeah then I can't judge it and I don't give a shit. And that was everything with Christine. It was like, oh, well, a client called and said, blah, blah, blah. Well, how can I believe that if I never saw the call? And also, how can I believe that when I don't even believe that the people who you are bringing to this house are actually interested in buying this house? Like, I don't believe anything that's happening here. And so that's why I love Selling Sunset because it's like a puzzle that I can't, it's like a Rubik's Cube of reality television brain that I can't figure out. But yeah, I'm with you. It's too fake. Yeah. And there's- But also not, not authentic about its fakeness. Yeah. So- Yeah, it's like- you as as someone who just like picked it up and was watching some of these you know earlier seasons it is very strange because they are all of a sudden fighting about like things that happened in the media or things that like and it's like kind of yeah. hard to follow as a viewer because you're not watching real time so you don't know what Christine said to us weekly and you don't know what the and but all of a sudden they're so mad at each other and you're like why is there so much hate and they're not really explaining it well on the show And I think that's like my, I was, as we were talking about with like the summer house and all the stuff that happens on social media and podcasts and all that's the, that's the worry is like some of these shows, like I could watch New York season one on repeat today and it would be just as entertaining today as it was back then. 
And I worry like some of these later seasons when we start just talking about things that don't happen on the show is like you lose kind of context of what is actually going on and it doesn't make for an entertaining season. I think they've done a really good job with uh, uh, in the Bravo universe of doing it. And, you know, I talked to people who worked on the shows for my book and some said like, yeah, in the early days, we weren't allowed to mention Twitter. We weren't allowed to mention Instagram. We weren't allowed to mention the press. Like it all had to seem like it was organic, like to the show. And then they finally relented on that. So I do think that there's, they do a good job on Bravo where it's like, oh yeah, Paige said some things about me in the press and it will show the clip from the podcast. It'll show the headlines from the articles. It'll show, you know, somebody will explain it. Like, so it's like, okay, even if I didn't follow all this, like, okay, I get it. Like I know. And if I want to know more, I can go and find it on the internet. Selling Sunset doesn't do any of that. It's just like all like weird and obfuscated and you can't tell what's real and what's not because I don't think they can be like, here's what Christine said, because then you'd see like how fucking fake it is. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's wild, but you know, I'm in, I feel like anytime I watch like something trashy, I'm like, I'm going to watch one episode and see if I like it. And then I'm, you know, six seasons deep on it. So I, I have a problem. Everyone keeps telling me I need to watch the lesbian ultimatum uh, on Netflix. It's called ultimatum queer love, but it's like all these lesbian couples, like lesbian couple drama. And I was like, you know, I love drama, but lesbians bring a high level of drama. Like that might be too much drama. That might be my drama ceiling. It's like a lesbian drama, but I will watch a few and find out because I love the kiss the boy so much. There was only eight episodes and, uh, yeah, they've renewed it for a second season. I hope it's twice as long. Um, yeah, and shockingly, the boys didn't, like, they were hot and heavy, but it wasn't, like, crazy fucking or anything. So I was like, thank you for not embarrassing our people in front of the straights, uh, you know. But also, like, you could give us that, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, a little I, bit. I, I wouldn't mind that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love, I mean, I'll watch anything as a reality show. I watched that Welcome to Wrexham show. Do you know about this? Mm-mm, no, um, it's on. That? I think it's on FX in America. It's on Disney Plus here, and it's about the football, or since we're in America, the soccer team that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought, and it's about their journey with the team. And um, yeah, I love that. And my, I told my father it was really good, and he watched it. And he kept sending me articles about like the standings of the season, and I was like, "No spoilers! I want to watch it on my show. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about this. Like, I, I need to see it on television. Thank you." Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, I think before we wrap, there's a part in your book where you are a section of the book where you name the five essential episodes for people that have never watched uh, real housewives. I'm curious, has that list changed at all? And since you wrote the book and if so, kind of what makes the cut now? Remind me of what the list is since it's been yeah. a few years. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously Jersey, uh, the the finale of Jersey, uh, yeah, the dinner party flip. from hell, yeah. yeah, dinner party from hell, uh, Beverly Hills, uh, sun, sand, and psychosis, New York City, and yeah. uh, bringing up old ghosts, Orange County, yeah, uh, and pillow talk or pillow fight, Atlanta. 
I would maybe get rid of the OC one and replace it with Jen Shaw's arrest. Okay. That's honestly, it's why I asked the question is I was like, do you find that episode to be one of the most historic moments of housewives history history? Cause I, I certainly do. Absolutely. It was a crazy episode. I mean, it, it, and I think that like a lot of those other episodes, especially the table flip uh, is when it like breaks into the mainstream. And mm-hmm. I mean, the Jen Shaw's arrested that in a big way. I'm trying to think if there was a similar, like that's the thing about the Erica Jane situation is it kind of played out in slow motion over the season. So it's not like, Oh, this one episode, you know, yeah. Uh, you could yeah. watch and you'll get it. Whereas with the Jen Shaw, it's like, yeah, and seeing them all react to it and talk about it and the bus ride and Lisa Barlow and her seven lawyers. And yeah, I mean, it's one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I worry about Salt Lake too, though. Yeah, I don't know where we're going from here. Yeah, me neither. But did you hear that Jen Shaw and um, the Theranos lady are in the same prison, Elizabeth Holmes? Yes. Yes, I, I'm i like, where are the cameras for that? I mean, I want them, I want a show where Jen Shaw and Elizabeth Holmes solve crimes in prison. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I want like I mean, heart to heart, actually... but in prison with the two of them. That's the show that I want. Thank you. Love, Brian. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. Well, on that note, I think that like we've we've covered it all. As I said, you are the expert, and I'm so glad that you were here today to share all of your thoughts. Um, but before we go, tell people where they can follow you and where they can keep up with all of your amazing recaps. Um, so yeah, I'm on Vulture. I do most of the housewives, like Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, Summer House, Winter House, all that. And the uh, recaps go up as soon as the episode is done airing on the East Coast. So go to vulture.com. You can check them out there. Uh, I do a monthly newsletter about the Real Housewives called the Housewives Institute Bulletin. Um, and yep. you can sign up for that at vulture.com slash housewives. And I am on all social media platforms at Brian J. Moylan, except for Grinder, where my headline is Mustache Rides. Look for me. Um, uh, send dick pics, you know, whatever you want. I mean, are you <laughs> love it. And I mean, you might have to update it like worm with a mustache. Like I feel like that's the new mustache ride. <laughs> oh my God. So can I tell you what I did? Um, so yes, on like grinder or scruff or whatever, you can have like a private album of your like dirty, like dick pictures or whatever. And so you just like mm-hmm. open access to the album and people can like scroll through them all. So I put it, it's all like naked pictures of me, naked pictures of me, naked pictures of me. And then the last picture is that meme of Kyle Richards with the enormous like microphone or uh, uh, magnifying glass held up to her eye. And people are always like, Oh, I wasn't expecting Kyle. I wasn't expecting Kyle, but it gets a good laugh so i'm like here for it (laughs) i love that i love that that. well um as you can tell from that story you're hilarious i am a subscriber i follow you so i am always so entertained by everything that you had to say and especially today again thank you for coming by um my friend emily by the way is 
such she's a listener, but she's also my good friend. She was freaking out when I told her that you were coming on today. Um, She was like, not Dame Brian J. Moylan. She was like, oh my gosh, like I, I read everything he writes. I'm such a big fan. So, um, so yeah, you've got some fans here in Nashville. So when you come by, you've got to, you've got to hit us up and we'll take you out. Thank you. I'm banned in Tennessee at the moment because my life is drag. So, um, sorry. (laughs) It's, it, it's no longer le- it's no longer illegal. Oh. We overturned that. Okay, great. I'll be yeah. there. Sign me up. Yeah. Just just in time for Pride. <laughs> Thank God. Um and just in time for the Madonna concert with Bob the Drag Queen. Oh, can't wait. So we're uh we're loving that. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, Brian, thank you so much for being here. Uh, for all of you out there, don't forget, rate and subscribe. You never miss an episode of The Gist. You can follow me at CM Vetrano on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things, and tune in next week for more from The Gist. And until then, Chris Vetrano and I'm signing off. Bye.